Hey everybody, welcome to Joyous Eclectic, where, where we talk about the good, the bad, and the interesting in all sorts of music. Let's get into it. Um, cool. So I'm going to start us off this week. What have, what have, this is Parker, by the way, for anybody who's just joining us. Uh, what have oh, you guys been listening to? Lies. Matt and Chad. Hey, guys. I'll go first. Sure. This is Matt, Chad. This is uh, Chad uh, talking. No. <laughs> it's confusing. Oh, no. This is, this is My Parker. Identity. All right. Matt's fired. Uh, it's just <laughs> me and Chad now. Okay. Just kidding. Matt's probably about Matt's to talk. Matt's so. Somebody else is here. <laughs> Okay, so confusing. Okay, uh, let's see. This week I've been checking out. Um, I listened to Childish Gambino's new uh, hey. single. Watched the video for that. Uh, if you haven't heard about this, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Uh, nope. So, so he uh, put out a new video called uh, "This Is America." This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. And it's a very, very interesting music up. video. And there's a whole lot of speculation going around the internet right now uh, for this song. And uh, the the song itself is kind of like more or less a generic sounding hip hop song. This kind of sounds like a lot of the other hip hop songs. Like uh, one of the big trends in hip hop right now is the the triplet like rhyme, like the ba 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 ba. Yeah, so it's kind of following that rhythm a little bit, but what makes the song very interesting is the music video that accompanies it. Um, and I don't, I, I can't really describe it too much. Like, if you want to, if you want to go check it out on YouTube, I recommend doing that. Um, just so you can kind of get an idea, make sure there's no kids around <laughs> uh, and make sure you're Most not a kid. Most of Childish Gambino stuff, that's yeah, <laughs> make sure you're not a kid. I just make got sure that. you're not a kid, make sure you're not a kid. Uh, and if you are. But it's very interesting, Change. and it's causing a lot of speculation around the internet because some people are saying like this is a parody song, like it's it's kind of satire against the the mumble like hip hop trend that's going on because we don't know what any hip hop artist is saying right now. They're just like mm. bah, 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 nah, nah, nah. So, I mean, kind of like panda sort of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the lyrics <laughs> of the song are kind of simplistic in that way. Like hmm. I. I don't know what they mean, and anybody who says that they do know what they mean is lying because they don't really make any sense. Like, there's a couple of lyrics like yeah. about just gonna have a party, and then there's like really bizarre lyrics that show up out of nowhere. But the music video, uh, it's kind of like a one long take scenario that has a lot of very interesting imagery in it. I'll just put it that there way. There was one I did see something briefly about it that it was like seemed like it was making fun of a Jim Crow or like kind of yes. pulling some of that. So it's it's supposed I don't know if it's supposed to be and I don't want to say what it is and what it isn't, right. but it it seems like it's supposed to be kind of a commentary on like black culture in America and like how I don't know things aren't like may, on one hand it's like kind of bringing light to the violence against African Americans and on the other hand it's kind of like pointing the finger at african-americans for being too violent and like their pop culture and like the the things that they sing and rap about um but i don't know like it's it's hard for me to make any sort of 
decision on it because yeah. it's very vague, but it's it's just kind of bizarre, and it's yeah. definitely a departure from his last record, um, which was uh, Awaken My Love. Straight up R and B like rock record had no hip hop in it at all, but it was a, such a brilliant, tremendous record. Um, and yeah, it's it's definitely a nice, refreshing, uh, unique single. So go listen to it. Go watch the video, especially uh, singles like that are interesting. I know like uh, Justin Timberlake's first single on this newest album uh, was fairly controversial. Not like just to his fans or whatever, because it's like. You couldn't. You can't really tell from a single. Like, if you listen to a whole album, you can tell if what songs are just different because they want to make a point, but right. is not like the whole album or something like that. You know. But with just one song, it's a little bit hard to tell. Like, if it, is this guy trying to like be serious or like not serious or you know? With I mean, most of the bands that I listen to, I feel mm-hmm. like they're just trying to make just generally good music that they enjoy. So it's not really trying to make. I mean, it's trying to make some points, but not in the same yeah. way as some of that is making maybe more commentary, like, you know, like that. So that's interesting because I'm sure people fall on all sides of it. But then as soon as we get mm-hmm. the full album, it'll show, oh, no, it it's actually just Childish more. Gambino is going in this complete different direction <laughs> yeah. because he just generally wanted to artistically or like you said, that it could be like some specific thing that he's trying to say about stuff. Yeah. I don't even yeah. know. Yeah. Also, if you're a Childish Gambino fan and you live in the Nashville area, he's coming to the Bridgestone, Bridgestone. Arena yeah, in October. So get your tickets now. Mm-hmm. I work for Bridgestone. <laughs> <laughs> Chad, what have you been listening to? Well, <clears throat> so I've been kind of all over the place this week, just uh, working at the coffee shop and everything. Like, I, I feel like I've just been listening to a lot of old stuff. But uh, one thing, I, I say old stuff, but it's like stuff I've been listening to since the mid 2000s so it's not really that old but it's just kind of i keep listening to the same things over and over but one kind of newer thing that i have been listening to a lot recently is a a 2015 album put out by a guy named or goes by the name color therapy uh and the album is called uh mr wolf is dead really cool kind of uh in mostly um i would say it's probably actually 100 percent instrumental uh fairly groovy synth tracks uh, with some guitar work scattered here and there um he's got several like guest artists on the, the album because it's a it's a fairly long album for that being the only album that he has out right now but he's got guest stars like the album leaf and helios and hammock and oryx schnauz however you say his name um, <laughs> i think you don't i'm pretty yeah, sure yeah, i'm pretty sure you just don't ever speak about you're them, not allowed because that summons some sort of demon and yeah, nobody wants to deal with that yeah, um, which it was funny because like those are all people that I had listened to before I listened to the Color Therapy album, mm-hmm. and I like had heard one random song off the beginning of it called Screw Eyes that was pretty cool, um, and just was like, okay, I'm just going to listen to this album, put it on, didn't look at any of the rest of the songs, and so when Terrarium came up, uh, I was very pleasantly surprised that it said featuring the album leaf, and I got so pumped because I love the album leaf, and uh, mm-hmm. it is a really neat blend of like color therapy's style and the rest of his stuff, and the album leaf's style, and most of his songs that have guest artists are just really cool examples of these kind of blends of like his own personal style and the guest, but they're all fairly short and they're they're very like 
They're great if you don't want to like really pay attention to what you're listening to necessarily because they're fairly repetitive, but they are very groovy. So, I mean, like I, I really like playing them in the coffee shop. I feel like they work really well yeah. for that because they're not distracting for anybody who's working on something or, or talking about something. I really like listening to it in the car because I can kind of think about other stuff and think about what's going on at the mm-hmm. same time. Like I don't know. I, I really enjoy it. I, I love just really atmospheric music like this, yeah. and so it, it makes me really happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, my week's been kind of crazy, so I haven't gotten a chance to like sit down and listen to a lot of stuff, but my wife and I, Ashley, uh, drove to Chattanooga to go to my cousin's graduation, and on the way down there, I played through, or listened to an album, it's A Fire So Big You Can't, or A Fire So Big The Heavens Can See It by Search the City. It came out, I want to say like 2008, and it was a band that I actually listened to before the um, before they got signed, and specifically, a couple of the songs from this album were on their like demo or self-titled, you know, like their self-published works and all that, um, but yeah, there's one song, Clocks and Time Pieces, that I really, really like, but yeah, then they were signed by Tooth and Nail in like 2008, and they put out this album, and then their vocalist decided to leave, or got married, or I don't know exactly, but you know, <laughs> they, said, yeah, essentially they broke up, and then some of the band guys, I think, stayed together to put together, um, they were doing some instrumental stuff, and essentially just put it out on their Facebook or whatever. They're like, hey, here's this instrumental EP thing. If anybody wants to audition to be our singer, just like write some lyrics to this stuff, send it back to us, and we'll get back to you. And I, I really thought about doing it, but I can't. I, I'm definitely like a baritone, so I can't sing quite <laughs> as high as the actual singer from the band so i'd be like i can't sing any of your old stuff but here's some new things yeah. <laughs> so uh but yeah it's and then i long story short i think they ended up doing some other things as well but the album itself is really fun it's kind of a uh like punk pop not very punky but you know like power pop punk pop sort of a thing but very guitar heavy um hmm. And it has a lot of, like, if you just listen to the instrumental parts of it, you might think that it was post-hardcore, screamo-ish, just Mm -hmm. based on what they're playing. Um, A lot of, like, breakdown kind of things. I mean, kind of like, there's some other bands around that time that I actually didn't really listen to very much, um, so I can't give examples of them. (laughs) (laughs) But but it's, I feel like they never really got very popular, especially because, like, listening to that and then listening to other punk pop stuff that I actually listened to from back in, you know, I don't know, Girls Like Boys or whatever. Yeah. I think it's Boys Like Girls. Boys Like Girls, yeah. I mean, which is <laughs> also true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, normal stuff. So, girls don't like boys. Girls like the cars, cars and money. money. That's pretty accurate, actually. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Thank you for that. Yeah, I mean, but for example, I never listened to Good Charlotte and stuff. Um, but I think... I think this was kind of like a lot of those bands did tailor fairly well to girls by having like kind of sappy lyrics and songs about love and whatever. And the music wasn't that complicated. Like some, I mean, there'd be some cool things, but, um, where they Search were also the City, really attractive. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. And search the city was a lot more like, it felt like a musician's pop punk band where they do really interesting things and it's more tailored towards guys, but maybe that guys don't really listen to, (laughs) you know, to that as much sort of like further seems forever. I never actually listened to them a whole lot, but I went back and, um, they were a metal band plus, um, uh, dude, Chris Caraba from, um, dashboard Dashboard. confessional. So, you know, it's metal ish music, but with a high girly, 
you know, a singer that girls like. I don't know yeah. how to say that. Uh, but yeah, long story short, it's a great album. I really, really enjoy it. Um, and none of the lyrics are really cheesy. Like they're all really good, but they're they're more about. I feel like it was a breakup album where it was more like kind of more dramatic and. Um, complicated lyrics and mm. not like sappy love like i love you more than you know yeah yeah um yeah. so that was really good <laughs> really that's uh, my new feels. record is i love you more than you know yeah 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 uh, featuring all the hits <laughs> all your favorites <laughs> i love you more than you know yeah yeah uh yeah so that's what i was listening to this week and just kind of remembered how great it was but that's cool. a really funny like just just real quick to touch on like the way that they went about trying to get a new singer because i feel like there's this like mythical dream that like (laughs) fans of bands have where they're like man if only they would just like search for a new ex you know i could like send in my tape of me playing and they'd be like ah you know all of our stuff and like you're (laughs) you're perfect for this role but and it's and it's kind of funny too because there was another story of like Sayosin did the same thing. Oh, really? After, after they, Anthony Green, after they kicked out Anthony Green or Anthony Green left, I don't remember I which it was, and I don't really care. Um, <laughs> don't tweet me. Um, after that happened, Anthony Green is furious. Yeah, he's super pissed now. He's rolling in his bed. Um, he's is not grave yet. Um, but after he left the band, they started auditioning new folks, and the Cove, the guy who came in after him, they sent in like his tape or whatever, and the guys in Sayosin were like this is Anthony messing with us. Like there's no way this isn't Anthony green. Uh, and so kind of dismissed him at first and he's like, no, like I'm actually a real person. Like, please. <laughs> and he ended up actually getting into the band that's, and stuff. That's but. really funny too, because he doesn't, to me, he doesn't sound that much like Anthony green, but it's likely that kind of on songs that already exist, you typically have, you would sing you would it like that person. Them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't really yeah. sing like yourself so mm-hmm. much. And so I would make sense that on their older stuff, he would, you know, end up just yeah. sounding like He'd Anthony. Just be anyway, like to be Anthony not yeah. not that he was trying to be no, Anthony Green right. but just mm-hmm. just you know, used to emulating it. that because that's the way he's probably sang to those yeah. records or, or that was kind of like how that. Jake Lurs from August Burns Red um he was just the last one to join the band I, I'm probably getting the story wrong ish but he was the last one to join the band and they had some other screamers that just never really worked out and then they got this guy who was this kid from this other band or whatever and he felt like he wasn't a part of it for the longest time and just kind of on the outskirts because he was just always trying to kind of measure up and stuff which is so sad because like he's kind of i mean he's the face of the band he's the vocalist so at this point they've been around for you know forever and uh he definitely feels like you know part of it but uh (laughs) it's just funny thinking of that where like we all see oh this one guy's like super in there um but also he's super nice i went to an august burns red show and he just like hung out afterwards and i uh talked to him for a while and my friend and i or james and i told him like hey we've got this band blah 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 <laughs> and we gave him our myspace link and he legit like listened to a song and sent and sent us a message and like hey uh, i liked this stuff not so much this stuff but like keep working on it great job and of nice. course i was thrilled but also wrote back like oh what about this and blah blah blah, blah. Yeah. and never got a response because yeah, yeah, yeah. like obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and I, even at that point i was in 10th grade but i was like he's not gonna respond to this mm-hmm. but whatever <laughs> so <laughs> nice yeah, of him fun. to do that at it all was super, I mean, oh that's, man that's super really nice cool. yeah so i can't i don't know what that means of him as his overall character but at least in that scenario like that's you know a really nice thing yeah. so yeah but cool. cool there was totally a movie that was about a person uh, like a guy replacing the lead singer of a band came out in yeah. like the late 90s starring marky mark Wahlberg. oh gosh oh, no. it's called rockstar uh are you guys do you have you guys no heard of idea. this movie it is, i didn't even know mark Wahlberg was a rapper until very recently 
had no idea. <laughs> yeah, Margie Mark uh, got his start by being a very hot, sexy, uh, tidy whities wearing rapper <laughs> in a black and white music video uh, by Marky Mark and the Funky Butch, <laughs> which yeah. is such a great... Also, the fact uh, that we need to talk about this sometime, um, but that hip-hop used to be that... I mean, yeah. obviously it was white hip hop, so it's a lot yeah, even yeah. less cool. Like, but <laughs> but Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, like, there is no way now it's that not, not respectable unless at all. like, like again not... Childish Gambino wanted yeah. to be like, here's some satire of what hip hop yeah. is, you know? Like, uh, yeah, there's just no way it would be. Everything's got to be real hard and yeah. yeah. That's so funny. It's funny. Yeah, but that is a that's a very dreamlike scenario. Like, oh, if I just send in my tape yep. to this band, maybe I'll get in. Yeah, I think or that's no, happened I like mean, three so, times. So, kind of actually, though, this happened recently. Like, because it, it, I know this video has been circulating around a lot recently. Mm-hmm. But I mean, Dave Grohl did this sort of Foo Fighter show recently, where some kid had a sign up that, like, I guess the sign said something like, "I can play Monkey Wrench" or something <laughs> like that. And Dave Grohl was like, "All right, you get on up here." And kid came up on stage. Was that the kid that was like wearing the kiss he had makeup? Cra- yeah, he had crazy face paint on it. And he like gives him the guitar and he's like, all right, good luck. <laughs> and it, kid just nails it, but also yeah. like goes crazy the whole time. Like it, it totally stole that show. Yeah. And then that's fine. Like that's kind of what he was supposed to do. Right. If he hadn't done that, I would have been like, well, that was cute, I guess. But like what happened? <laughs> but I mean, it was just like, that's kind of that weird thing that I think a, a lot of adolescents who like play an instrument would be like, Man, I just wish something would happen that I would get pulled on stage that I could prove yep. to all these people and to this band that I had. And there's a Drake and Josh episode where that happens. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I've honestly seen very few episodes. Uh, my wife loved loved the show growing up, and we sing the theme song almost on a daily basis because there's at the end it goes ooh, <laughs> and so everything can finish that way. Like yeah. that's just a thing, but. Um, <laughs> But there's uh, there's an episode of that that I specifically remember where Drake Drake uh, plays guitar and there's some you know made up band that one of the he like messes up the guitarist's hand somehow he goes backstage and does something and whatever messes up the guy's hand and he's like I'm so sorry uh, but I I can play all your songs and they're like can you really he's like, yeah <laughs> so he plays all their songs and then you just you know two seconds later you see them come out and like oh that was the greatest show ever wow great job buddy yeah uh, uh-huh. yeah which is I don't know. Super funny and <laughs> kind of dumb, but We've entertaining. We've reached the apex nevertheless. of the show. <laughs> <laughs> talking about Drake and Josh. Drake yeah. and Josh. Great you times. Boobs. All yeah. right. Well, that's probably anyway. it for uh, that segment. But uh, <laughs> that weird winding segment. Yeah, we'll get into our cool bits here. Yeah, so this week, what are we talking about? Okay, uh, yeah, we're talking about music that we used to like uh, and don't anymore. Specifically, really don't like anymore, (laughs) more or less. So this was a fun topic to kind of mull over, and uh, a lot of of nostalgic memories came back to me with this one. Uh, Yeah. Um, And, I mean, there's a great number of songs that I used to love that I do not love anymore. But I kind of tried to think of the songs that I really... I guess have a have a grudge against or something <laughs> like I don't disdain know. Like, towards. Now. Yeah, I mean, because there's a lot of songs which is the majority of people I think that, that maybe you used to listen to it and you just don't anymore because yeah. it, it's not that you hate it. it. It just mm-hmm. fell out of it, and yeah. So I, I kind of like I, me with like Five for Fighting or something. Like there's some songs where I still like. Yeah, sure. that's a great song. I haven't yeah. listened to it in like 15 years. Yeah, and then that's I mean that can lead into a really interesting topic about like the whole 
one hit wonder sort yeah. of thing. I mean, like when you think of a band like Five for Fighting, I mean, they were a radio friendly band that was kind of here today and gone tomorrow, yeah. more or less. And I mean, there's can you tell me like, like that. a single that they had? Um, it's really just mostly one guy. It's kind of a dashboard confessional kind of a deal where he's yeah. got a stage name that's Five for Fighting, but a um, hundred years. Um, and Superman. The Superman song. Uh, yeah. yeah. Superman. And Hundred Years, you probably recognize, 15, there's still time for you, time to buy. Um, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's anyway. a song. <laughs> yeah. But it's great. That song. I knew this on yeah. my own time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and there's, I mean, there's countless bands like that, but I, I don't know, when I when I thought of it, I tried to think of like, okay, who's a band that had a lot of songs that I used to listen to that I really do not like anymore? Uh, I settled on a couple that I will talk about. Um, but first, I took some notes uh, to kind of, I guess try and explain the the different kinds of like reasons that we might not like hmm. the music anymore. Uh, and reason number one I wrote because uh, the music was overplayed, and I think that's a big reason that people yeah. often hate songs. But I have kind of a issue with that because I've never known a song or liked a song that got overplayed to the point where I hated it. Hmm. Um, and I, maybe we can talk about that a little more. But yeah, uh, what? So basically, like uh, music is overplayed. So like, what kind of what aspects of overplayed music made you not like it anymore? I mean, was it it was on the radio too much, or was it that everybody just kept talking about it, and so that made it not cool anymore, or whatever? Uh, reason number two, and I think this is the biggest one that we don't want to admit, <laughs> and it's that the culture slash mass listener base said it wasn't cool to listen to it anymore. So mm. you followed along and decided you don't like it anymore either. So maybe it was a band, maybe it was a guilty pleasure that you didn't want people to know you liked, or maybe I have everybody a story loved about that, them. and I'm very excited to share. <laughs> yeah. in, uh, in a minute, whenever so, we get to it. <laughs> so maybe it was something that you liked, or or you know that you felt guilty about liking, or whatever, and then somebody got caught on to it one day and they were like, ah, this isn't cool anymore. I don't know. Again, like yeah. here today, gone tomorrow. Like, eh, whatever. That's old, old news. So then you were like, yeah, that is old news. <laughs> but secretly deep down, you're like, oh, I really want to listen to this. It's still news to me. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then reason number three, you just grew out of it. And that's really all there is. You grew out of it to the point where it was like, I don't want to hear the song ever again. Uh, there's, I have a lot of songs like that. I have one that I'll talk about that's, probably going to surprise a lot of people mm -hmm. but if i never hear that song again I'll, i'd be happy um but yep. yeah so I, I thought we could kind of uh share yeah. our, our stories and our songs it'll and... be interesting too i mean just kind of as a preface to all of this by i mean as we've said in a number of other episodes too if we're <laughs> like you know bashing on these songs or whatever for the most part I mean, some of them probably are legitimately bad, um, but, for, but for the most part, it's, you know, uh, there's not just because we don't like them, does that make it not okay for other people to like them? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So there's, I mean, plenty of people like, uh, you know, I think the thing of like various genres being a phase or something like that implies that people who still listen to it just haven't matured out of that yet, which is... I mean, they're not to call anybody immature. Yeah. Well, no, <laughs> no but, and, and that's, and I think yeah. that's kind of, you know, like that's not necessarily the case. Some mm -hmm. people like just actually still, for example, like I feel like a lot of people would say that metal, you know, or what hardcore is a phase of some sort. And for some people legitimately is true, especially mm -hmm. if it, if it was while it was just the popular and in the, uh, limelight or whatever back mm -hmm. in kind of the mid two thousands. Mm -hmm. And then for some people it wasn't popular anymore. And then they kind of moved on to some other things. And then there's people like me who still totally like it. And it's definitely not a phase <laughs> For me, at least as far as I can tell. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, but if somebody else says, like, oh, I used to listen to Under Oath, man, pff, that was funny back then, I was like, yeah, 
I I still like them. But. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and there's there's bands like that for everybody. I mean, yeah. we're, we, I think everybody is kind of on both sides of of that. Yeah, I mean, there's bands that otherwise bands wouldn't still be popular. Exactly, like, yeah. nobody would still <laughs> go whole, to insert band name show yeah. now. Yep. So yep. Um, Chad, do you want to say something? Uh, I mean, it's just kind of one of those things that, like, I think people do grow and people's tastes do change. Um, so, I mean, like, that's that's totally a valid thing. Um, but also, like, I, both of the examples that I brought, one of them is is very just like, I just don't know if this was ever really very good. <laughs> and I just, like, kind of latched onto it early on. And so it definitely falls in that growing out of it category. But the other one, like, I'm a little bit more conflicted about. And mm. I'll kind of talk mm. about that yeah. later. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I never would want to like bag on somebody for liking a style of music because I, I legitimately think that there's just some some people out there don't take time to learn about new music that's out there or don't take time to like find new music. Mm-hmm. And so when something becomes if popular, you're listening to this podcast, that's probably not you. Yeah, it's probably not you. <laughs> but but I, I do want to make a case for like trying yeah. not to shame people about totally. their musical preferences. Just and, and, and again, like we're gonna bash on some songs today just because that's kind of the nature of the episode that we're sure. doing but if you like this thing like that's totally fine because people have preferences and it, when you're out there talking to somebody who doesn't go and find all this new music for themselves mm-hmm. like chances are they didn't know indie folk existed until yeah, right. it came on the radio and was like super popular and they're like oh I love this this mm-hmm. is like my favorite style of music that I've ever been exposed to mm-hmm. and that's all I ever want to listen like, to again like how you love Mumford and Sons yeah, now I just, you've heard uh-huh. God I just love <laughs> Mumford and Sons I Chad could talk for just hours about how much I hate indie folk um, <laughs> and, and just as a genre but that's not the purpose of this episode because that I never enjoyed and I've only ever hated since its inception so <laughs> and to kind of uh, capitalize on that idea I don't like smack talking any kind of music because A somebody probably really likes that obviously mm-hmm. somebody really likes yeah. that if I've heard of it somebody likes it that's <laughs> yeah. why I've heard of it and B at least they're doing it like yeah. at least this band or this artist is out there making the music or maybe some producer is in there yeah, just singing right. or whatever but at least it's being made and that's enough to warrant something even if they're just doing it for like oh it's just fun to like it's fun to make music I don't really like if it's selling well no. so I can play shows well in see front that's of kind of the thing like, like hey, whatever, they're awesome. making money yeah exactly <laughs> like at the end of the day like both the songs I have to talk about <laughs> those artists made a crap ton more money than I probably ever will yeah, 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 yeah I like, got can't even say that. There. <laughs> so so kind of, yeah, I mean, there's yeah. And it's fun to smack talk. Everybody smack talks. It's fun, but yes, again, we are not saying that you shouldn't listen to these bands or these artists or that you shouldn't have ever liked them because yep. there's nothing wrong with liking no. anything that you like. It's just our preferences so, have changed, unless it's ICP. All right, my first <laughs> <And> song. <laughs> oh man, my first the, song goes uh, way back. Oh, boy. And I had to ask permission to talk about this. Uh, This is a little bit of a departure from normal. Uh, You're not going to hear the actual song here. You're going to hear... I'm so sorry. You're going to hear a rendition of the song uh, played by a very well-known band. A very well-known band by me. (laughs) So so curious where this is going. So the song is called I Will Follow You Home. Mm Mm-hmm. Good, you don't know who sings it. Okay. Don't think so. Uh, I didn't. I didn't put in the show notes or anything like that yet. Uh, who sings the song? Because I really wanted to be a surprise. But <laughs> so this song goes back to my church days, and it goes back. Uh, let's see, I must have been in. Yeah, I was in tenth grade, and a couple buddies and I got together for a church event called Clean Slate. 
All of what I'm about to tell you is very important because of reasons. And I'll I'll share that with you afterwards. But we got together for a church event called Clean Slate. And we were all musicians. And so we decided, let's get together and play some songs for this Clean Slate. Now, it's called Clean Slate because the whole point of this event was to bring outsiders to church and help them get saved. That was the whole point of the event. It was it was not like a regular youth group. It was like a we're this is like a serious like night. An evangelistic. It was like an evangelistic like bring bring your friends to church, bring your family, like bring the young people so we can get them in Christ's arms and stuff. So we were like great. And I mean, we were all, obviously all went to the same church, but we kind of went to the same school and we were all music buddies. Uh and we all liked secular music. So we kind of asked the youth pastor like, "Hey, do we have to do straight up worship songs for this? Or can we like learn a couple secular songs with positive messages and do those? And the youth pastor said, yeah, as long as there's not like any profanity or, you know, like any sex or anything like that in, in these songs, you can bring whatever you want. And we're like, yes, <laughs> <laughs> that was mistake number one. <laughs> so we decided to practice in my house and we spent pretty much, we had like a week to plan this, by the way. I just want to make yeah. that perfectly clear because what you're about to hear is going to change the way you think about some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so on edge of my seat right now. <laughs> so we decided Horrified. to get together uh, at my house to practice once. And that's the other Beautiful. thing you need to know. We practiced once for these two songs. And I'll say the first song that we chose was kind of right along there. We picked Meant to Live by Switchfoot. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Which is a yeah, secular song, but Switchfoot's Christian Secular-ish. band, you know, Christian yeah. guys. It's kind of got an uplifting message. So yep. We thought, you know, that's a pretty good song. We're in 10th grade. We're like, that's a pretty good song. Let's learn that. We'll bring it forward. And then we thought, well, we have 30 minutes to do, and we only want to do two songs because we only have one time to practice. So let's fill. Let's do some filler. Oh, nice. So in between the songs, the first song we did was Meant to Live. And I unfortunately don't have a clip, but I will include the YouTube video uh, where you can watch that. Uh, so in the in the meantime, we decided to fill the time with each of us. It was guitar, bass, drums, acoustic guitar, and lead vocals. All of us did a solo. 100%. Always. Of course. Of because course. when you're in 10th grade and Wait, you have the stage. You question, play. when you say solo, do you mean li- literally solo? Like, yeah, as in, like, all right, bassist, it's just you. Yep. <laughs> yep. And oh, yours no. truly was playing the bass. Yeah. Perfect. So my solo pick was the opening riff to Black Dog by Led Zeppelin. Just on bass. <laughs> yep. Which is not really like it's a guitar riff and the bass does it, yeah. but it's nothing special. It's like just a blues scale walk up. And I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And I was like, I'm I'm going to impress. Like there are girls here. <laughs> oh, I'm going to make this happen. Like Those girls are going to know. Oh, yeah. Oh, and they knew. And they knew. Uh, but it wasn't as bad as the other guitarist who decided to do an, a riff by Iron Maiden that I don't even remember the name of this song, but it's in the YouTube video, and it's terrible. It's really bad. And I want to apologize to everybody in the band. I'm still, my best friend in the whole wide world was the lead guitarist for that band who sang the first song. He did not sing the song you're going to hear, uh-huh. uh, but he did his solo. We all did our solos. And then it was time for the second song, and we chose to do I Will Follow You Home by the band Nickelback. (laughs) Nice. And what you're about to hear is not the recorded version of Nickelback's I Will Follow You Home, because I promise you're not missing anything by not hearing that song. (laughs) You're going to hear our a little bit of our rendition of that song. And I apologize to Frank, who was the vocalist on this song. He was a good guy. I don't know what happened to him. I hope he's doing well. 
And Frank, if you're out there listening to this podcast, I'm so sorry. I'm using this without your permission, but I need the world to hear this. It's very, it's, it's embarrassing, but it's so great. It's so great. And you're going to hear a skip, like you're going to hear the beginning of the song and then it's going to skip to the chorus because some reason the YouTube video did that, even though the whole thing was recorded, but you'll notice when it happens and please just Try not to pay too close attention to the vocals, but do because it's a great experience. Here we go. Here we go. I think, I think Frank tripped over the microphone cord oh, no. while singing that. Oh man, um, this brings back memories of videos of me and my friend James playing stuff in high school. And there's one that I'm thinking of on my head, and it's so bad. Continue with your things. Okay, so just just to kind of go back to remember, this is a church event. We were playing in a church uh, on stage in front of a whole lot of gullible i guess i don't know what else to call them. teenagers who for whatever reason you can kind of hear in the video were very yeah impressionable i'll say that um they were very excited for this and we just ate it up like we were absolute kings of that church for a night um i'm going to read you some of the lyrics from this song oh good and just to show you how christian it is so this is the part that uh frank was just singing a little bit ago uh, he says, <clears throat> and I'm, I apologize in advance for anybody who's offended by this. Uh, so let's see. He, um, we've got, uh, you're my Mississippi princess. You're my California queen, like the Duchess of Detroit and every city in between. You can slap me in the face and you can scream profanity. Leave me here to die alone, but I'll still follow you home. <laughs> So, Mm. all right, come to Jesus. Yikes! (laughs) Yeah. Now it's time to come to Jesus. After this song, it was come to Jesus time. So funny. And I'm so I'm very thankful that Frank sang the lyrics the way he did because otherwise, I think somebody would have been very angry at us. (laughs) Assaulting women is what we do here, but we're also at a church, so that's cool, I guess. There there are other lyrics in that song that are about like dig me a grave and bury me alive and tie me to the bed and like yeah it's <laughs> wolf it's secular well it's yeah. a secular song but oh, uh man. the reason that i picked this song is pretty much because i picked this song for us to do because yeah. when i was in 10th grade i first of all i didn't know that nickelback did this song i just knew that that guitar riff was very cool to me and i knew that like i, I liked the just the rockiness of that song i was like this is a cool rock song and we all agreed that like yeah it is a cool rock song who sings it nickelback oh all right <laughs> you want to still do it yeah because we're committed at this point and so those those are the songs that we practice with switchfoot and nickelback and uh i don't like the Switchfoot song for the same reasons, but the reason that I don't like the song anymore is because it's it's Nickelback, and <laughs> because 
I don't know. I'm not on board with the same train, the same Nickelback hate train that everybody else is. I hate Nickelback because of what they made me do. <laughs> <laughs> Look what you made me do. They, oh they, no! <laughs> they, they turned me into this false idol in the church, <laughs> <laughs> and I thought I was the coolest person. Like, yep. if you go back and listen to that, like that bass line is slamming, and mm. I am rocking it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I'm not because it's terrible, and the whole thing is just bad. And boy. Uh, those were the days. I also went to church. This is a separate time. Same church, but this is a separate occasion. Uh, I went up and volunteered to do the communion, or not the communion, but the, the um, offering. Yep. So oh, I yeah. carried around the offering plate. I was wearing a black Sabbath shirt that day <laughs> that said, we sold our souls for rock and roll. Perfect. And I was wearing it under a plaid shirt, but I took the plaid shirt off because it was hot and I kind of forgot. And so I'm walking around collecting people's money that says, black Sabbath, we sold our souls for rock and roll. <laughs> Uh, so those are my Man. church going days. I got more church stories, but I'll save them. <laughs> one of the one of the things that makes me feel better about Nickelback, I might have told you guys this before, and I don't remember. Um, but when I worked at uh, in kind of in the music business thing, one of the one of my coworkers was uh, she was an assistant tour manager on like Lincoln Parks tours for a while, and uh, James Taylor for a while, and um, but also Nickelback for a little bit. And she pretty much said, she's like, yeah, everybody hates them because it seems like they're like, you know, fake and posers or whatever. Um, But pretty much like what we were saying before of, you know, bands that are just like, here's our opportunity to just live it up. And as long as we write some songs and people have fun, like we can just be on stage Mm -hmm. and have a grand old time and make a lot of money. And that's like. I don't know if that makes me feel worse or better, but I think better where it's like, they don't really think their music is that great yeah, or they like, don't think they're making art. Yeah. Just it's yeah. not, there's paid. not really much integrity per, per se behind it, but it's also not like lacking integrity in that it's, you know, like, ah, we're going to rip off all these people. It's more like, ah, let's just have a good time. You know, it's like yeah. people just making quote unquote fun music or something. Um, and I was like, all right, like, that's actually fine. So, like, just have fun, whatever. Patton Oswalt has a great joke, if you've ever watched his stand-up, about that exact thing. He's talking about, like, how people kill each other for money and, I'll say girls. So, he's like, people kill each other all around the world for money and girls. And he's like, when I was young and, like, was big hipster, I used to say, like, oh, F Nickelback. And, like, they're just a bunch of sellouts. And then he's like, one day I woke up and I realized, like, Nickelback wanted money and girls. They didn't want to kill anybody for it. He's like, just they, were just, they were just sitting around and thought, what if instead of killing people, we went, look at this photograph. He's like, and it worked. Yeah, and it worked. That's so funny. And uh, okay, I'm going to tell the story now that, uh, that I think fits into this a little bit. So... Uh, kind of my life was, you know, I lived in Virginia for two years um, when I was like 10 to 12-ish, uh, which was two, 2002 to 2004. And then we moved to Belgium and we were there for six years and then we came back. And there was a band that I really liked and my parents actually liked pretty well. And it's not Nickelback for context, but they fit within <laughs> the same kind of thing where also people liked Nickelback when we first left because I think they'd just, <laughs> just gotten popular. Um but this other band, I, like, I liked them quite a bit, and I listened to their albums uh, enough, you know, in, like, eighth grade and stuff. and kind of fell out of listening to them, but didn't hate them by any means. And then I came back to the States when I went to college in 2010, and suddenly everybody was like, I 
hate Creed. Like they're the worst band. And I was like, what's wrong with Creed? And like I thought they did something. Like they uh, there was some big like whatever and everybody just hated them. But it was I mean most of what it was to my understanding is that people are like, ah, it's just butt rock and like it's the same songs over and over, blah blah blah. Which I mean there's some of that that's definitely true. But like honestly, it's still like human clay and weathered mostly. Like I listened to Weathered a lot back in the mm-hmm. day and I probably still listen to it now and enjoy it. But I I also wasn't bombarded by new music of theirs that sounded exactly the same. It had zero expectations for, you know, all this other stuff. Sure. But that's one of those ones where, like, the hype of everybody being like, ah, Grith was, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's a, that was just a really funny experience of me not really being in the zeitgeist of knowing yeah. to hate a band. Well, that's, yeah. that's exactly what it is. It's it's a big zeitgeist. It's like everybody just hops on this train of like, oh, you hate them? You hate them? Oh, yeah, it's time to hate them now. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because I remember being a kid waiting up to hear, like on the Top 20 Countdown, waiting up to hear on the radio the latest Creed single, which yeah. was number one. It was number one for like weeks. And what I remember those it? weeks. I'm so curious. Ah, oh, man. I, it was on Weathered. It was like the was big... Was it Bullets or... No, it was... Um, oh, man. There's a lot of good ones. Well, you know, quote unquote Heck, good. maybe it was on Human Clay. I, I honestly don't remember, I, but it was... Yeah. It was like... Keep going. You're good. What's that one? Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. I can't remember the name yeah. off the top of my head. I, I yeah. used to stay up. It's been a while. Just a, and it didn't come on until like 9.30. And then I was like, no. <laughs> it, I know, right? 9.30. Yeah. <laughs> when you're 10 years wow. old. Honestly, now that I'm 26 years old, it's getting that's getting late again. <laughs> is, that is very it all late. wraps back my, around. My Fitbit app just told me it's time to get ready for bed. So, and that was 8.34. <laughs> Anyways. Yep. Let's move on, yeah. shall we? Yeah. So, my first one is a band that, like, I really liked for several years when I was younger, when I was like first starting to get into guitar, this was kind of a band that had some heavier songs than maybe what I was used to. Cause like, yeah, the first song I learned to play on guitar was meant to live. Like hmm. for most of my kind of early middle school life, uh, you know, at least my, like my mom wasn't listening to country in the car anymore, but what she had transitioned to was like bad Christian radio. Mm-hmm. And so all I was ever like the hardest stuff that I was getting was like Reliant K and Switchfoot. And like, that's all cool. Like I'm, I'm still pretty good with Reliant K and Switchfoot for the mm-hmm. most part. Um, but this was a band that I got introduced to when I started, like I started high school and I'd been playing guitar for like a year and it was just like, there was one song in particular by them called Solar Flare that actually is still kind of heavy. Like I hear that song and I'm like, that's a pretty cool riff and like I'm still pretty down with that song. Vocally, it's not great um, as is most anything else that the band 311 does. They are such a weird grab bag of musical styles that I don't understand how they ever fit into like this genealogy that made me listen to what I do now. Because like nothing else do I listen to that that contains reggae at all. Uh, I really don't listen to much hip hop, so I don't get a lot of rap. And I don't really do the punk rock thing. And so the mishmash of like punk rap rock reggae i don't understand what made me enjoy it so much uh but i really did and so i i've got a i was i tried really hard to find a clip that that only that showcased not only all the different like ranges of 311 but also didn't contain any like horribly explicit words i had such a hard time because i don't i 
don't know. I don't pay that much attention to lyrics until I have to. Yeah. And suddenly this afternoon I had to, and I was oh, like, no. man, <laughs> there are a lot of words in these. So we're gonna listen to "Down" by Three Eleven. No, I don't think I've ever listened oh, to man, 311. That was, a, that was a big hit. So Every 311 time actually had some pretty big songs. I think songs. of 303 when you say 311, oh, okay, which yeah, is no. even Not way the same worse. Thing. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Like Anyway, <laughs> that, that's a whole other discussion yeah. that we could probably have a Venn diagram of people. Anyway, um, 311 like had some pretty big hits. I mean, Beautiful Disaster did, did pretty well, but... For, I mean, far and away, Amber is the most popular song that they ever Whoa. had. That, I don't know. Maybe if I you very well it, could. You, you, you very well might have. Yeah. but it, it is. It, right. It's actually coming back too, which is the really funny part. Mm. Um, <laughs> as like weed culture becomes this huge meme, <laughs> yeah. uh, the song Amber is getting like plugged into weird places, and so it, it's kind of cracking yeah. me up because like i actually listened to that song a lot when i was mm-hmm. in like early high school and uh yeah i i don't really understand why i i liked them so much because i was listening i listened to a like bits of a lot of different songs of theirs today and I, like there were some moments that just made me laugh because it was just like this is such a funny caricature of like what is popular about these different styles of music and they're just shoehorned into these songs like they're all really good musicians for the most part like i mean the drummer's snare is crazy high like i I think that guy's name is like chad something or other and and he's fine it's like your name it's like my name (laughs) which is probably the only reason i can remember it but like (laughs) he he has his own distinct drumming style and like he's actually a really good drummer and everything like their bass player peanut is a really good bass player but again like with a name like Peanut, come on, man. Uh, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, they, I just don't really understand what I found so appealing about. So the music, I think it goes honest. back to the whole. That was that was a movement in the early 2000s. I mean, think of bands like Sublime and the yeah, Offspring. That's fair, yeah, it was it was a lot of different genres that were shoehorned into their songs. That's that fair. they passed off as like this is a re- like this is something new. And I mean, granted, it was. Because it never had never been done before, but I think people mistook that as it must be good. Yeah, because it's never been done there's, yeah there's definitely a difference between uh, putting genres together and actually like creating something new out of multiple genres. Like, I mean, taking for example, under this album, they're only chasing safety. Like, that's, mm-hmm. I mean, I listened to it and I didn't realize how influential it was on a lot of other kind of post-hardcore kind of music or whatever because the theory with that music was they were like uh we just want to sound like jimmy world's clarity <laughs> but heavy and that was like exactly what they'll still say to this day um, which is hilarious yeah which is really fun. but listening back to it it's kind of like okay i definitely see where that's coming from where it's uh there's some elements that go definitely back to clarity or uh whatever but has the just the screaming and stuff on top of that and so I feel like that was a good job of blending different things together and creating something new out of it. But if you just take like, all right, uh, well, oh man, what's this? There's a band um, that I know Matthew Penfound would know exactly what I was talking about, <laughs> and I need him to tell me. But 
It was a, it's a band from Japan where they got a lot of different genres all at the same time. Where like, um, as in to Japan or China or wherever it was. And so this band heard the Beatles and heard uh, Black Sabbath and heard current metal and a bunch of random things all at the same time and didn't really realize that these were kind of evolutions of each other or whatever. <laughs> so their music is a or a combination of all of those things where it'll go from like from Beatles sounding stuff straight into <laughs> just metal. And like, what is going I mean, on I mean, here? Maximum right now. I need to listen to them. <laughs> it's and it's like comic. It's like kind of good, but comically weird. Yeah. At the same time, so, so, so shoehorning stuff together like that is yeah. uh, is another kind of thing. That may be a band called like Maximum Overdrive That's or something. The one. Yeah. So yeah, they, they have a like song. That. If you go on YouTube and look up "Stop Stop Winnie Upload," uh-huh. that that song is exact. It is just a roller coaster of emotions, <laughs> and it's it's really funny to watch because it is it is one of the most like Japanese things that I've ever seen. <laughs> my life all right uh, i need to be exposed awesome to anyway. this yeah like, it, it's, it'll happen it is yeah we soon. can definitely watch it afterwards it is worth watching <laughs> Sweet. i'm very anyway. excited parker <laughs> yeah so um so for my man this one has a lot of story behind it my other pick actually won't have as much story behind it but um i think i might have talked about this one in our like intro episode thing as well so if you've heard that you might have heard some of the story but in case you haven't uh, when we first moved to Belgium, I, at this point, the only band I'd listened to was Linkin Park, which <laughs> also falls in this category of conversation, which is funny. I, I do think, and I, I still kind of hold to this day, that something about Linkin Park and seventh graders, like regardless <laughs> of the generation of seventh graders, and it's not to say that people beyond seventh grade couldn't listen to Linkin Park, like because that kind of conversation came up with me and my coworker and another coworker of ours, who we were like, yeah, blah 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 blah, Linkin Park seventh graders, like, and you grow out of it and stuff. And she's like, what's wrong with Linkin Park? Uh-oh. I was like, oh no, yeah. <laughs> everybody backpedals. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, but it was an interesting conversation. Like we kind of stuck to our guns. We're like, no, I mean, uh, it it was this whole big thing, but. um but yeah, there's something that's funny about like no matter what generation of seventh graders, they they seem to scratch just that right itch. But uh, so that was the only band I'd listened to. And when we moved to Linkin Park, scratches seventh graders. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> uh, but like, as in just with a little nail, like yeah. tiny little scratch on the yeah. side, yeah, <laughs> just barely scars. Um, when we moved to Belgium, I wanted to get a GameCube and I wanted to get SSX Tricky, and so. I got a GameCube. And there was the store did not have SSX Tricky. However, they had 1080 Avalanche, which was another snowboarding game, and that game had honestly like a really enjoyable soundtrack to me at the time, where I I was in seventh grade and I didn't know how to find music online or any of that mp3.com existed and i had no clue about it and so and it was before youtube because it was youtube started in 2006 i think and i was 2004 so there were some songs on there that i was like wow these are really good and i would just turn on 1080 avalanche just to listen to the songs and specifically this one song that i'll be talking about in a second but uh yeah there were a bunch of other bands on there that were fun as well finger 11 was on there uh, which is uh, odd um, and cauterized this one band that I think ha- maybe like was in with the developers of 1080 Avalanche because they had like in the bonus features of the game there was some uh, music videos of theirs oh, and stuff yeah. so I feel like there was something going I on there where those days the music video bonuses yeah which was uh, it was odd but um and their songs were pretty fun but this one was so it's the band Seether 
and the song Fine Again. And honestly, I, I was saying before we recorded, I could have found a much worse song to kind of epitomize <laughs> the fact that Seether is not good. But this one was, honestly, this was kind of what got me into wanting to play music and stuff. Um, so I'm very thankful for it, but uh, it's bad. And, <laughs> but I like oh. learned to play it on the guitar by, pl- by turning on the soundtrack of the game and listening to it on the GameCube. And uh, one day my friend James came to me and he said, hey, uh, I was, I uh, looked up some more about Seether and, uh, well, they're a screamy band. I was like, <laughs> no! I was so upset about it because I uh, I thought uh, I hated that. So then for a really long time. ironic. Yes, no. <laughs> I know. And for a long time, my, my standard of amount of screaming was I will scream as much as the song Gasoline by Seether. And that's it, where it's just like, and blah, 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 where like it's just the last line of yeah. the verse or bridge or whatever, and it builds up to that point. But I went back and listened to them uh, about a month ago, and I was like, how bad is this really? And listened specifically to song Gasoline, and I'm glad that I didn't pay attention to lyrics as a kid, <laughs> and I'm glad that my parents, I guess, only heard me listening to this song. I mean, so it's not like it influenced me at all, but the lyrics to their songs are just like, not only bad, but just gross. Like stuff, <laughs> I mean, like blood and like feces kinds of things. <laughs> and, what? Yeah, it's Why? Like, I have no idea. It's It's just like, legitimately disgusting lyrics where I'm just like this is grody Um, and so I mean I'm sure there was cussing on there too to some degree but I just didn't really notice it but so here's here's this song Fine Again that I'll uh, go ahead and play a little bit of real quick every single butt rock song. It's honestly like, like the epitome of butt rock. Like listening to that and then Creed is still feels like night and day to me where yeah. like Creed is like, okay, there's some integrity there. Are we noticing a growing trend here among our, <laughs> our, uh, our picks? Honestly, I mean, that's yes. Because I think a lot of that is kind of what got us a little bit into music sure. to some degree yeah. too. You know, and it's something where it's like, okay, A, you can play it on your guitar pretty easily and it's pretty fun, but there's just no quality content to it and not yeah. really much integrity um and so that's something like honestly i don't have a whole lot more to say about that i kind of said everything ahead of time but um it's just it's the most butt rock <laughs> um and I, I looked up a list of it so if anybody doesn't know butt rock actually originally comes from a there would be radio shows that were we're gonna play nothing but rock and so eventually just got turned into butt rock so just i did not know that yeah it was i actually had never turned that, heard that part so, of that either which is interesting because then it actually means that there's some bands that i would not consider butt rock that get qu- like classified into that sort mm-hmm. of like Anne berlin for example was one on a list really and i'm like that's no like that, it doesn't yeah, it fits you within know, the, okay so like the, from a guitar standpoint yes. totally get it like yep. mm-hmm. they have a lot of riffs and and sort of instrumentation that definitely fit into yeah. that genre but from a vocal standpoint not, not at all <laughs> yeah and that's the thing like i feel like if it started out as nothing but rock where it's like it is nothing but rock and like Mm -hmm. it's straight up that's what it means sure but it kind of it's it's transformed itself to where you can't go off that definition anymore like now it also implies like um three days grace are they 
like Three that Three Days too. Grace is, is butt rock. Yeah. <laughs> like any of that kind yeah. of stuff. Some of the kind of, I mean, honestly, kind of Pearl Jam vocal mm-hmm. style, whereas Pearl Jam's music, maybe, I haven't listened to it much, but I think is not within Pearl that category. Pearl Jam falls kind of more into the alternative rock. I mean, gotcha. like, po- like kind of the grunge era. Yeah. I mean, I get, like, I, I would classify, like, I would say there's grunge. The, grunge evolved into butt rock it evolved yeah. into yeah. Cedar so, and so the, the way that it, like yeah. whenever i meet somebody who talks about butt rock in a uh, a way that they actually still like a lot of these bands uh-huh. they refer to it as post grunge <laughs> it is it is not butt rock it's post grunge and that, that's fine yeah. like I, oh, totally. I don't care like you know I think call the, it what you want but the the equation that resulted uh, you know when, when you combined like the alternative rock of the 90s with like the grunge the heavier stuff was really just Bands trying to get heavier and heavier while still having a mainstream appeal to where yeah. they could get the biggest audience that they could while still being heavy. And it just at some point kind of a took a turn point. for the worst. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, even now, you flip on any mainstream rock radio, you're still hearing that. You're, yeah. just, you're still hearing yeah. that and song. That's, yeah, right. And that's what, honestly, a couple of weeks ago we talked about Under Earth's newest album. There's mm-hmm. some elements of what they did that dipped 100%. into yeah. this territory, and that's what mm-hmm. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah. And there are lots of elements where it didn't, and it had integrity, whereas I think some of this stuff doesn't. Seether, yeah. specifically. Like, I feel like Creed has some, Nickelback is in their own thing. Uh, I can't differentiate that much. I don't really know their hearts or whatever. I don't really yeah. care. It, but, it's just that formulaic aspect yes. of the songs where it's just like, you know, oh, I've heard the song and that's exactly it's it's the formulaic thing that but unfortunately we have to now call that rock that is rock to Mm -hmm. to the to your average music listener that's what they think of if you say i like rock that's what that's what you like and that's what's unfortunate everything mm -hmm. else has to be alternative rock or like hardcore or metal or indie rock or something else rock like it can't just be rock even though like Yep. That's what, it, even if it's not an indie band, you still got to say, no, oh, you're it's not wrong. Rock. I mean, there's, I, I don't put rock as the genre on any of my, of any of the music that I listen to on yeah. iTunes or whatever, because to me, it really does imply that it is just like this very standard thing yeah. that, you know, I don't really like for the most mm. part. Although it's, if, if I could break it down, like Search the City that I talked about earlier, you know, they're like pop punk or po- whatever. But you could all, mm-hmm. I could also just as easily say, oh, there's a rock band. You know, yeah. they're rocking out on right. stage and all yeah. that. But it would imply probably some things that I don't think are true about them where it's like, no, there's like the lyrics are great and the music's great and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't feel that way about things that are just called rock. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And mm-hmm. so that, I think. I think that's a pretty good place to stop and take a little break. Yeah. A little yeah. break time. A little break time. Get some tea. Get some tea. Some breaks. Yeah, I just finished my tea. Get some tea, some pee. <laughs> some TP. Get a little bit of TP and uh, mm. make a fort. <laughs> huh. All right. Uh, yeah, we'll be right back. We're going to keep talking more about this. Uh, we, got some, we got some other good ones in store. <laughs> um, I think it'll be very, very fun to continue discussing. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be right back. See the pain. Hey folks, Matthias Jabs here. That's right, it's me, lead guitarist of the Scorpions. Here I am. Rock you like a hurricane. Anyway, you're listening to Ghost Town Remedy from Nashville, Tennessee. These guys released an album in 2017 called Caffeine Dreams. You know, like when you drink too much coffee at 11 o'clock at night and then you don't sleep. And then you just hallucinate. That's what a caffeine dream is, I think. 
Uh, and they're currently working on a whole bunch of new stuff. In fact, they're going on tour starting today. That's right. Today they will be venturing around the continental U.S. and up into Canada where they'll get to enjoy that sweet, sweet maple syrup. I'm sure that's not all Canada has to offer. Probably get some Tim Hortons too. So they'll be in Asheville and Charlotte, North Carolina, Richmond, Virginia, St. Louis, Philly, Chicago, New York City, and of course, the basement right here in our very own Nashville, Tennessee. That's where I will be on May 29th. May 29th at the basement. Basement is a very nice venue, but it's nowhere near as nice as the attic. Ghost Town Remedy on Facebook and Instagram at ghost underscore town underscore remedy. Also, their first album is on Spotify, so get to it. Spotify is free, so why wouldn't you go and listen to it? The big doof. If you don't like it, I promise you I'll give you a refund. But you will. These guys are very, very good. I've seen them live a few times, and it's always a very, very fun show. All right. Uh, Let's Thanos our way back into this podcast and snap to it. Oh, I gotta press the stop. Hey, folks, welcome back. Hello. Hey, Parker, Hello. what's your story? <laughs> uh, yeah, so we mentioned TP right before the break. I, for the longest time, I did not make the connection what TP, like to TP somebody's house, really was. I mean, I knew what it was, but one time I went to the store with a friend of mine and she was like, I need to get me some TP. I was like, TP. Oh, like toilet paper. Oh, and then finally made the connection that that was when you're toilet papering somebody's house, you were TPing at like the letters TP, like toilet paper. I 100% thought for years, like however long I knew about TPing until I was like 19, Mm -hmm. that it was you were trying to make the house look like a TP by throwing (laughs) stuff over it. And that was really what I thought. I was like, wow, I mean... I guess. <laughs> yeah, you see, people, looks more you like... see a bunch of toilet paper in the yard, and you're like, well, that, that really doesn't look like a teepee at all. <laughs> we teepeed their yard. Like, no, you didn't. Not a very you good job. You just messed it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, you need some sticks up there in the middle. So, yeah, that was uh, that just reminded me of cowhide that. at the very least. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, teepees used to be so cool. When I was a kid and playing with toys and stuff, I was like, man, teepees are awesome. Um, mm. But that's just not really a thing that crosses my mind anymore. Yeah. That's not only the yeah. TP gets the respect it it deserves. Yeah. No. Everybody's all about wigwams now. Ugh, t- Ugh. Dumb old wigwams, yeah. igloos. Sometimes. Don't even get me started on yurts. Oh, oh. they're Whoa. my favorite. Wait, you love yurts? You hate yurts? I hate yurts. Oh no, oh, this is a challenge in our <laughs> friendship. <laughs> Do you know what yurts did to me? <laughs> <laughs> yurts is just short for yogurts, right? Yes. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Do you know what they did? Matt had an unfortunate bacteria incident. I don't... (laughs) This is a stretch. We really need to go into a new segment or something. Uh, All right. We'll get back to it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Take us home, Matt. So back before my bacterial incident, (laughs) I... some people may know this about me. Some people may not. I grew up in the church, mm-hmm. like a whole lot of folks. I never mm-hmm. would have gathered that from that story you told me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Grew up in the church. I uh, spent a lot of time there. I used to be very active in the youth group, in the worship band, and that's where I kind of started, like, really 
playing music, like, you know, at least guitar driven music, I suppose. Like I mm-hmm. played saxophone in the band and at school and stuff and that was all well and good. But um like youth group band was the first like opportunity I had to actually get out and play other instruments and I'm eternally thankful for that. But as a youth group How kid, eternally? Like eternally like you're I gonna am, be in heaven? So here we are. So anyways, I used to listen to uh, worship music a lot, like everybody does who's into you know the worship band, like you kind of have to. And there was a lot of worship music that I really liked. Um, in fact, when I wasn't listening to classic rock music, that's mostly what I was into. And it was really just, it wasn't because you know my parents made me or anything. I mean, they were they were pretty strict about what I could and could not listen to. Like I, I had to scan my Lincoln Park CDs through my dad. Um, and that was, that was kind of like crossing the line. Mm-hmm. Like he was not happy that I listened to mm. Lincoln Park. But, uh, so, so the, the ways that I kind of got around that were to listen to the bands like Switchfoot and Reliant K and, and those kinds of guys. And, and, uh, it's all well and good. Um, so I, I kind of fell into a rabbit hole of Christian bands that like, like more poppy Christian bands that weren't straight up worship, like your Hill songs and your whatever else it was, uh, but still have a very positive Christian message. And my positive christian message <laughs> my, my absolute favorite christian man of all time was the newsboys yeah are you guys newsboys fans uh, i've heard a newsboys song a time or two yeah I, i've heard many times and many twos <laughs> yeah so yeah. i got to see yeah. them live um i was all about the newsboys like mm-hmm. the 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 real lineup not like this new whatever no. michael yeah. tate yeah, yeah. Michael, yeah. michael tate needs like, just like, stop yeah um i like the the bald australian guy i mean they're yeah. all australian but like i like yeah. the bald guy and long hair bass player dude like yeah um uh, unfortunately i think they all uh, got like alcohol addictions so like none of the original members are in the band anymore and i I don't know like they've since come to and everything's well and good but yeah there's a lot of like back bad history with the band um but anyways uh (laughs) used to love their songs uh i i I still do like a lot of their songs honestly if you check out the song he reigns that song is an absolute Mm -hmm. banger and you can fight me otherwise because that is a good song (laughs) um but the song the, the next song that i picked um is uh the breakfast song uh-huh. Uh huh. If you've heard that one before, <laughs> it's it's probably one of their more popular hits. It's just like I I used to absolutely love this song, man. Like I would tell all my friends about the song, be like, "Oh, you don't go to church? <laughs> Listen to this song. You'll go to church." Like, this song. What a ministry is opportunity. B-A. <laughs> like, this song is barn apples you'll love it because <laughs> i didn't want to swear in front of my friends yeah. when I was talking about church stuff. Um, yeah but I, I used to listen to the newsboys a lot i listened to this song like it was going out of style and it was it was never in style this song, this song is <laughs> uber lame um i'm sorry newsboys this song is just unredeemably <laughs> lame and, but you know what the, I, I had words prepared to come to the table and talk about this song. And here's what I was going to say. I was Is gonna it say the that breakfast table? The main reason... Main reason that I hate this song is because I love this song. <laughs> I hate that this song makes me love it. It's so silly. It's so wacky. And I used to think that these lyrics were so clever and like just like a spot on. Like, ah, it's funny because they say hell in the song, but they're Christian boys. And like, <laughs> yeah, that was kind of cool because I could be like, yeah, it's not it's not a bad song, but they do say hell uh, in reference to the place. And that's kind of like it was it was painfully long uh, a long time that it took me to realize 
what what they were actually talking about. And the the message of the song is basically like there's this guy who dies, he's like big churchgoer guy and he dies, but before he goes, he tells everybody that like I don't, he really likes breakfast food and then he tells everybody like, "Oh yeah, I'm about to die." And then he dies, but he's like, "You're not going to get tasty sweet breakfast in hell where you're going cuz you're all going to hell because you're not as good you're not as good of a Christian oh, as I no. am." Oh. So like how breakfast really like matches to the message of the song? I don't know. I think they were just trying to think of fun like you know, yeah. lighthearted lyrics for like what really is a kind of a messed up message. I mean, <laughs> churchgoer or not, you like you can't just sit there and be like, I'm a churchgoer and I'm better than you. And the things that you like now, you don't get any of that in hell because that's where you're going, bub. But here's this nice, like, clever tune. Like, there's a whistle solo in this song that's just kind of out of nowhere. Um, but honestly, we'll play it. And it, it is, it is. It's catchy. I mean, for all of its flaws, it's a very catchy song. When the big one finds you, Satan, may this song remind you that they don't serve breakfast in hell. Like, (laughs) that's rough, man. I don't know. That's not not pleasant at all, but it's it's covered, it's caked in this, like, super glossy, upbeat, poppy tune that's just, like... You can't help but like get, get with it in that so song. Happy about telling I mean, me you're going very, to hell. Yeah, <laughs> it's a very happy song for a very not happy message. And I don't know, like again, I can forgive this song for doing that because there are a lot of Christian songs out there, just like there are a lot of secular songs out there that do the exact same thing. You know, you cover up what's really a, a messed up message uh, with happy-go-lucky, you know, melodies and beats and. I mean, the, most people are not going to notice that. I mean, I can't think of any songs in particular, but uh, any Billboard Top 10 song, you know, like whatever whatever Rihanna's singing this week, <laughs> yeah. uh, any one of her songs, it's just terrible. It's awful. Or like, I don't know, Nicki Minaj or Kanye West or whatever those guys do. I don't know. Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran is an absolute terrible songwriter who has like <laughs> the worst, like most messed up song lyrics. Like, go look up his lyrics, man. Like, he, everyone's like, oh, is that Sheeran? And he's so kind and romantic. No, he's not. He's writing about really rough, like not okay things and like misogynistic stuff. But anyways, Newsboys. Yeah. Um, they did that. They did that uh, every now and then. They, I mean, for the most part, they're just a good, like, wholesome Christian band. That's like, yeah, God, like, God's cool, man, and you, you guys should like God. But like, this one song just kind of took it a little too far for me. Um, and I never got that as a kid. So yeah. the reason I picked this song is because I used to tell people all the time how great this song was and how cool this band was. And then I got older and I realized, like, I was telling people to go listen to this song because. It's a great Christian song, and like that's what we Christians are about is these fun, playful tunes about yep. you going to hell. <laughs> but yeah. Anyways. Okay. Yeah. Well, my band is also from a similar time in my life where I was in youth group a lot, and a lot of the uh, impressionable people that were around me, uh, since I was impressionable, and uh, the people that were impressing upon me really enjoyed this band. That was a really confusing string of statements that I just said. <laughs> but... 
this band tended to not uh, sugarcoat things quite that often. I mean, they just kind of like said what they were going to say. And some of it was sort of like anti-societical and, and that sort of idea. But um, this was just a style of music that sort of had a, a little resurgence back in the kind of mid-2000s and then promptly sort of died away again. And that's probably fine. Um, because it's Five Iron Frenzy and it's ska. <laughs> Uh, it just is what it is and i specifically brought uh american kryptonite uh and it's not really even like the best example of five iron frenzy and ska but it's probably like the best example of why i probably liked five iron frenzy so much american So yeah, that's good old Reese Roper on the <laughs> classic Vox. And they were a band that I really enjoyed, and I think part of the the like reason that I really enjoyed their music is that it was it was fun when you're like in this big group of people to sing these songs like Oh Canada or uh, some of these really catchy tunes that they had that were really goofy songs. Like they had this EP that was kind of one of their first things that has about seven songs on the back end of it that are all about pants and they're just these goofy songs like really short you know like barely one minute songs in re- these really like horrible goofy tunes uh just all talking about pants and uh i can't find my pants and and then the, it, it it's just all this so like super goofy super I, I i don't know just kind of funny music and i think I don't really listen to it at all anymore. And I, I think, like, they have some good tunes. They have some stuff that, like, ska is not all bad. It's kind of a weird concept of, like, let's take sort of punk rock guitars and then add horns over it. And it's like, why? No, <laughs> why? Um, but God help you if you do a downstroke. Yeah, yeah, it's all, it's all that upstream. You know, that's a funny theme with both of the things that I brought today is that both of them have reggae elements to them that are all about that offbeat upstroke. <laughs> So that's kind of an interesting takeaway. Oh. Chad hates the upstroke. That's also a weird state. Anyway, um, so all of that aside, I don't really listen to like comedy music anymore. And with one very specific uh, sort of exception to that, I, I tend to... Which is? You have to tell us now. Bo Burnham. Oh, gotcha. Bo yeah. Burnham is probably one of the funniest comedians alive right now, if not my favorite comedian that has ever existed. I, wow. The dude is just so intelligent and his, his specials on Netflix are filthy, <laughs> but they are some of the funniest. And like, if you want to think like, this is what Chad finds funny. It's kind <laughs> of that. Um, the dude just gets me anyway. Um, I, I, I just, I like, I really always hated in high school. Like, I hate Tenacious D. I hate that like style of, we're going to make these comedy songs. They're going to be super funny. And there's, and what about flight of the Concords. I like their songs in the context of the show. I would never listen to their songs just by themselves. Oh, right. They're good. Uh, yeah. Their really songs good. are fine. Li- the, the songs are fine, but like... Watching I, the live stuff, though, I've, yeah, I feel like it's not a band that I would just listen to the songs as to like, hey, let me just put on Hip Hopopotamus or whatever. Yeah. But watching, I feel like it's a good live meeting, like stand-up comedy or whatever, yeah. where it's like, let me 
put this on and whatever. Yeah, but I was just totally. curious. No, Go yeah, I, I totally get that. Because I, I do like the Flight of the Concords show. Yeah. But honestly, I like the show way more than I even like just them singing the songs in a stand-up right. fashion. Um, I, I, I just, th- there's something about like, for me, there's there's sort of a reverence with music, I guess, in, in a weird way. Like, And I don't want to sound super weird when I say that, mm-hmm. but like... I just I kind of like it when people take it a little bit more seriously, and 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 I'm fine with people having fun with music and everything and, and enjoying that side of it. But when you're just writing garbage lyrics that e- e- either and maybe they are kind of funny the first time, but y- you listen to it five or six times and it just gets old to me. Uh, people would I, the Tenacious D thing is something that like all through high school people were like, oh you got to listen to this Tenacious D song, and I'm like. I really don't want to. Like, I have zero interest in this. I just don't think it's funny. And, like, the music is nothing. Like, it's just blah, like, conveyance for the lyrics. And that's not interesting to me in any way. Um, So, Five Iron Frenzy has some songs that are like that, that are just sort of, like, throwaway kind of comedy songs about Canada or stuff like that. And, like, I have very fond memories of those, again, just, like, of my youth group, like, singing these songs in a van going to the beach or something with, like, 15 people. And and that's all well and good, but I again, I just don't listen to it that much anymore because once you sort of take that away from it, the band doesn't have a whole lot left for it. Hmm. Hmm. To me, anyways. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I... I like some comedy bands. I mean, I definitely went through a Tenacious D phase in high school. And, like, I mean, I would be lying if I said, like, oh, yeah, that's that's not funny. Because, I don't <laughs> know, to oh, me, yeah. like, it, it is kind of funny. But then again, listening to their stuff just on the on the album is not like watching the Tenacious D movie, which is very, totally. very funny, in my mm-hmm. opinion. And, I mean, it's got that music in there. But it's it's all about, like, the, the visual context as well. Absolutely. And, and, yeah. and, and I'll be the first to say, like, that is all based on my just personal sure. preference yeah. and taste. Like, that's just... I don't personally enjoy it. I don't begrudge anybody for enjoying it. It was just that it happened mm. a lot in high school. That I it also would think be there's a difference between a band like Flight of the Concords and a band like Five Iron Frenzy. Yeah, which true. Yeah. You know, Five Iron Frenzy is, is a band before right. they're a comedy team. Absolutely. Yeah. Whereas you know, Flight of the Concords is comedy. They're using Bo Burnham as a comedian yeah. before he's a musician, and they're using music as a medium to mm-hmm. make right. comedy more so than doing music and being like oh let's be funny too yeah exactly because well, like, Reliant K did that too I yeah, mean they've got right. songs about like Thundercats and going Thundercats, to Sadie Hawkins dance you know yeah which I mean like that's all well and good too but <laughs> I, I also don't listen to those songs very much anymore the, yeah. the Reliant K stuff that I still listen to now are not those songs yeah. typically you know yeah I don't know. no that's that's definitely true um, I mean because there's some elements of that too where those lyrics have to be taken or those songs you have to kind of like pay attention to the lyrics and give right. it your time that you don't always really want to you know where like mm-hmm. if, if I have my iPod on shuffle and suddenly a stand up special comes on <laughs> I'm gonna skip it like yeah, I'm not yeah. gonna sure. be like right. yeah I'm listening to this music that I really like and like oh Brian Regan cool uh, let me s- spend seven minutes laughing and then go back to music <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I'm just gonna be like okay a, a little thing. bit later Brian thanks yeah. for thanks for helping out <laughs> to hop right from one medium to another is yeah it can be weird yeah yeah exactly so i think yeah it's the comedy music kind of thing typically is more of like an event sort of a thing or whatever um but yeah you're right there's kind of a weird space where it's music that's just funny i'm trying to think if there's even any of that that i listen to besides like you said you know fly the concords or something where it's um yeah i can't think of anything but interesting uh, category Nevertheless, yeah, there are yeah, no none. more funny bands. None. <laughs> that is all. They're gone. All of the funny bands. <laughs> um, 
Man, yeah, so for my last one, this one, it fits into a bit of a different category where, like, this song, I actually, if I were to listen to it again, which I haven't in a while, but if I were to listen to this song and this recording of it again, uh, I, I'm sure I would enjoy it again because it's uh, maybe for nostalgia reasons as well, but it was a band called A Bullet for Pretty Boy, and they had a demo EP kind of thing that they put out, actually kind of similar to Search the City, I guess, earlier. Um, they had a demo EP thingy, and then they had this one song, um, I Will Destroy the Wisdom of the Wise, and I, it was my favorite song for a good while in like probably 10th grade or so. Um, and again, I still, I still like this song a lot, but then they got signed by, I want to say Rise Records or something. I don't know exactly, but one of those, um, one of those record labels that signs metal bands and then genericifies them to the max where they have them go to one of their like standard, you know, record producers or whatever. So I was so disappointed listening to their next album. And this song specifically was on that next album. And they took some of the things that I loved about it and just turned it from something that felt very emotive and turned it into, I mean, the music was the same, but it sounded like incredibly generic screamo metal or whatever um and uh yeah and that kind of sucked but specifically this the reason i wanted to pick this song too uh, th- and i really had so many other thoughts of songs that i could pick um was this was the song that if i wanted to show somebody like the a cool bit for example you know mm-hmm. so this segment but for me back in 10th grade this was the <laughs> song that i would pick and i would show them this one bit so i'll go ahead and play uh this segment and it'll be pretty obvious i think what the specific part it's like a two second segment of it that'll be uh, pretty obvious, but it's a vocal thing um, right towards the middle of this. So I thought that was the coolest thing. And honestly, like it was like, it's kind of like we were talking about a couple weeks ago with the heavy stuff where it's like building up the, I mean, it's not literally building up. It's tearing it down (laughs) to anticipate whatever's coming next. But that kind of like split up. uh, There's a term that I just forgot. Uh, This uh, spliced vocals of that. um, I thought was super neat. And I it was something that they did change on the version on the record and already the whole song felt just overproduced just way overproduced and then that bit came up and they changed it and I was really mad about it <laughs> and so it's it doesn't quite fit into the conversation exactly of music that I used to like but now hate but it's music that I used to think was like just this really cool thing. Also, I've heard way too many bands do that same kind of thing now. And this was right at the forefront of that. Maybe not for bands in general, but at least for my experience of that kind of effect or that sort of thing. So yeah, then I heard like of mice and men did it a couple times and whatever. And I listened to them and, uh, I got a, I got the wrong band in my head when you said that, uh, <laughs> totally of, of monsters, monsters and, and men. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was like, what? <laughs> of mice and men, if, if this means yeah, anything to no, you, I, the, I know who of okay, Mice and Men cool. is. It was just funny because that's yeah. not who I thought yes, of initially. Right. It was just like, oh, no. Oh, no, this no, no, indie no, folk band, band yeah. doing yeah. vocal <laughs> screaming splices. Huh. What's going on here? Interesting. <laughs> so I may have to reevaluate that band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I don't know. There's honestly not a ton to say about that. Some other bands, just for context of other things I was thinking, like I, I almost picked Hawthorne Heights and Ohio is for Lovers. Yeah. <laughs> that was almost here. I, I really thought about Linkin Park. Um, and those are ones that really like I used to like and, and now just don't really anymore for obvious reasons. But yeah, this was one. It was just, I don't know. It, it was interesting because I thought it was really cool and mm-hmm. it just kind of changed. I think it's... Uh... That to me is is one of those trends that is popular for a very short time. I mean, it's it's always happened in mm-hmm. music. You know, something that people will do and then they'll overdo, yep. and then it mm-hmm. becomes not cool anymore. It yep. gets very outdated very yep. quickly, and it's hard to show. You know, at this point, it would be hard to show someone like, "Oh, this is that thing you've heard a billion times," but this is before it was mm-hmm. done a lot. You know, yeah. that kind of a thing. In fact, I I would argue that most effects done in like post production get outdated. Like if yep. you know if they're not natural. I mean, yeah, like something like that is obviously not natural. That can never be recreated alive. And it's so obvious that that was a post-production trick. All of that stuff gets outdated eventually. I mean, for example, uh, Cher's song, Do Do You Believe in Love After Love? Whatever. That was a spot-on impression. Oh, thank you. (laughs) So that song was the first song pretty much ever to use like 100% auto-tune uh-huh. where, you know, it's just cranked to the max yeah. as opposed to before they would tune stuff, but it was always subtle. Mm. And the producer straight up didn't tell anybody. Like people would ask, hey, oh, what did you do to the vo- vocals in that? Because like something's different, but I don't know what it is. And he was just like, uh, vocoder. Uh, and people were like, uh, sh- sh- sure. Because that's fairly vague to where you could kind of do a lot of things yeah. with a vocoder. Um, but it was a long, if, not a long time, but like at least months, if not maybe a year or more, I don't know, before somebody figured out, oh, that's just auto-tune, but like all the way. Like and now, I mean, we've we've all heard Lil Wayne. And the T-Pain uh, effect. T-Pain, thank you, not yeah. Lil Wayne. I mean, also no, Lil Wayne, well, that, yeah, that happens but, too. Yeah. But it like literally got called the T-Pain effect. Yeah. And it's like, well, I mean, it's just... It's just, like. Man, which made me so mad for this reason <laughs> specifically. My band's first album that we actually like, oh, it wasn't our first album, quote unquote, that we, that we did ourselves, but it was the first one that we actually put on iTunes and published. Um, I accidentally went way overboard with tuning vocals because I didn't know how to it's besides really having GarageBand and just turning the knobs up. Yeah. And <laughs> there was one song where... <laughs> Somebody specifically said, whoa, it's like rock or screamo meets T-Pain. And I was like, ooh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I've so, made a terrible choice. Yeah, honestly, but at that point it was kind of too late, except for I'm re-recording a lot of those now just for fun. So uh, now I get to not do that anymore, which is very nice. And I can, ah, man, it's, uh, that's, this is a side step of various sorts but uh it'll be nice to be able to have these songs and later down the road feel like i can show them to friends or kids or whatever and be like hey, this, is, uh, this is some music i wrote back in ninth grade or whatever. like nah what i recorded in ninth grade yeah. but you know this is what i wrote back then and it doesn't sound like butts yeah. <laughs> uh you know comparatively so lyrics are still terrible i hate rewriting lyrics and i haven't rewritten any of them and i don't like any of them at all <laughs> but that's all that's all she wrote on that part so mm-hmm. yes cool well, there you go. I mean, yeah. do you, any more thoughts on songs? I, I feel like like he's, those three categories were really good uh, yeah. summations of pretty much what makes sense. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I actually had a really hard time like picking stuff for this week. I'll, I'll just say like I, I had to really think about my second choice because honestly, like I, I think there's a part of my brain that's sort of nostalgic about the music that I listen mm-hmm. to, but also like I feel like I've always been fairly critical of the music that I listen to, and whether I 
you know, listened to good things. I mean, obviously, like I listened to 311. Yeah. Not that I was super discerning all the time right. of what was going to be like good necessarily, but I, I mean, I still had preferences though. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I mean, I'll, like I'll, I'll still say I was looking through my, my iTunes discography of like all the stuff that I owned through most of high school and like early college and like everything that I like was thinking, well, I listened to that a lot growing up, but I still think that like has virtue or yeah, like there's some there's some there's value. something there's something of value in that that i i don't hate that now yeah. and then i'd see the next thing and it was like well yeah still or or <laughs> sometimes it was stuff that it's just like i didn't listen to like what we call butt rock or anything because yeah. i just wasn't really exposed to it that much growing up and i didn't hear any of it until mm-hmm. it had already been way overdone and there were things that were harder like hardcore yeah that it was like well if i want heavy music i'm gonna go listen to what's actually heavy and not <laughs> this kind of imposter thing so so i feel like i kind of missed out on liking some of the like really fun bad music to hate now yeah. because I never mm-hmm. liked it to begin with. Like there was never real exposure for me. So I don't yeah. know. Like I, I had a really hard time yeah. picking something that I don't still like, even if I don't listen to it a lot now, I still feel like it has some sort of value. And I still feel that way about five iron frenzy. I feel like they have some stuff that mm-hmm. intrinsically they do have value. Mm-hmm. Um, I think three eleven still has some cool songs. Like, I mean, like I said, that song solar flare, I think is pretty dope like i i listened to it today i was like well, you know i'm gonna bag on this band later <laughs> this is a cool song <laughs> that's the thing i felt the same way when i, when I was listening to yeah. newsboys i was like you know this i i can talk a lot of smack about this band but and they don't what, have man. breakfast in hell I mean, they're not wrong they <laughs> but honestly <laughs> maybe they do have they been to hell <laughs> have so the newsboys been to hell Maybe there's just a really bad bed and breakfast there, like just like soggy waffles and like soggy really cereal. Just, everything's muffins. just soggy, soggy bacon. Like you still get it. It's just not that good. It's you get choice between soggy or stale, and that's it. Yeah, soggy or stale. Ooh, or you can do a mix and match. Soggy stale. Um, so I think if there's one key takeaway here, I this is kind of what I've learned is that the reason that we may not like the things that we talked about nowadays has a lot to do with the culture that, that shaped them. I mean, a, you have like, we wouldn't be talking about any of these bands if people didn't like them. I mean, all of these bands that we talked about are very popular bands. I mean, for the most part, like people know who they are and they listen to them. And these guys sold a lot of records, just like we said at the beginning, like they're making money or they made money for a reason. I mean, they put this stuff out and regardless of whether or not it was good, quote unquote, it made money and people dug it. So, I mean, we really can't say, you know, or I, I can't say I don't like this music because it is bad. It is right. bad music. Yeah. And I don't I don't think, you know, the Newsboys is bad. I don't think Five Iron Frenzy is bad. I don't think three, 311 might be bad. Yeah. <laughs> They're pretty not great. They pretty much only play but cruises I now. Think, I think, like, when we were younger, when we were kids... The, the culture, like, people told us what, what was good and what wasn't, you know? Like, me waiting up all night on the new Creed song, I did that because I knew it was going to be number one because the radio said so. Mm-hmm. And this is before YouTube or Spotify, and I, a lot of these bands come from that age, early 2000s, late 90s, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. Um, people kind of had to tell us, here's what's good, check it out. And, I mean, our like there was a lot of music out there, but our exposure to it was very limited. Therefore, we listened to what we got our... Uh, our hands on like yep. like you were saying chad there's no logical reason based on what you like now that you should have liked 311 it yeah. wasn't like <laughs> you didn't like reggae or like you know the the what, whatever sky or whatever else you want to call it like it wasn't like that wasn't the genre mm-hmm. but somehow it played a part in like influencing uh, whether or not like 
it influenced it because you decided like, no, 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 this is not what I want to listen to. I want to check this other thing out. Or it like kind of helped you evolve into what you like now. I don't know. But yeah. there's a reason that this stuff plays a part in yeah. our exposure to music. Um, so I guess you can't really say it's better. Like you hate it for yeah. that reason. I mean, I think there's a lot of stuff looking back. There's a big corner of music for me that is bands that I kind of listened to back in the day. And those are the ones above all else that I don't listen to now. And it's not out of disdain or anything. It's mm-hmm. because there was kind of enough to draw me in at that time. Mm-hmm. Like there are a lot of bands that now I'll just see as like, those were just generic hardcore bands. And so at the time I thought it was kind of cool, but didn't have enough to really draw me in. And so now it definitely doesn't have to have enough. Yeah, yeah. Cause like, if I'm going to listen to like, you know, kind of generic hardcore stuff from 2009, I'm going to listen to the stuff that I think is also interesting and will keep me involved or at least nostalgic. Mm-hmm. And so I think, you know, honestly thinking about all this stuff there, I don't know, like, I don't feel like I fall into a lot of hype trains or fads or that kind of thing. And I'm sure I do, but, um, you know, like, yeah, I listened to Linkin Park, but I honestly thought it was cool at the time, just the things that they were doing or whatever. And, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. So it's like, I don't feel like a lot of the things that I decided to stop liking or whatever were because of, I mean, yeah, I don't listen to Creed anymore specifically, but it's not that I dislike Creed. It's just, I don't really care about listening to them anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's, uh, it's, it's just interesting. I don't know. Like, I whereas I think if I still wanted to listen to Creed, I definitely would, even though people said they were bad. But <laughs> if somebody not. puts it on a playlist at a party, I'm not gonna judge that yeah. person. <laughs> I mean that's how I feel I about ninety percent <laughs> of the stuff I used to listen to. Well yeah, I might a little bit <laughs> Really? We're at a party. Yeah. You're probably more just be like wow, everybody. That's kinda, that's kinda ballsy. <laughs> like, uh, we no joke, we were in a coffee shop. I think it was in oh man, where did we go? It was in Cookville. We went to Poets in Cookville. I'm gonna publicly shame Poets in Cookville. Oh. Uh, I, we me and my wife walked in there about a week and a half ago and with arms wide open was blaring in that cop. I was a simultaneous (laughs) mixture of like shocked and appalled and it was very obviously like a joke that one of the baristas was playing but it was still just kind of like but you made everybody in here listen to it. (laughs) That's so rude. Uh, (laughs) Tell you what, I'd rather listen to that song than any Seether song. (laughs) I agree. Finding it, that song that I played is literally the only, like because of how much I listened to back in the day, I can still listen to it and the lyrics aren't completely terrible. They're just not good. Yeah. Um, Man. Oh, it's bad. Here's the other, we can probably close out on this. Here's the other lesson I learned (laughs) from this episode. Don't ever start a band and call yourselves anything with three. Yeah. 303, 311, three doors doors down. down. Third days, three something. Third days eye grace, blind. Three days grace. Third eye blind. Third yep. eye blind. Um, three, hey, wait, wait a minute. Three, three blind third mice. Eye, third eye blind had one or oh, two wait, no, no, pretty no, no. good I'm, songs. Yeah, you're right. Third eye blinds. What's oh? What are some songs of theirs? Oh boy. Because uh, there are some that we're listening to. Mm, Do they sing Jumper? Mm, how's that one go? Um, step from that ledge, my yeah, friend. That's okay, line. that's them. Yeah, they've got some good stuff. Whatever yeah. the other things, Ashley's played some more of their stuff for me, and I was like, oh, cool, this is fun. <laughs> yeah. So third eye blind is not too bad, yeah. but yeah, it's the not general three, rule it's just third. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, uh, I guess. Stay away, <laughs> stay away from the number three. Yep. Uh, 
there's three of us. Oh, Uh-oh. no. Well, Time on that note. And that's what we think on songs we used to like, but don't necessarily think are super cool anymore. But we <laughs> want to hear from you about the songs that you used to think were cool and also don't think that they are anymore. <laughs> uh, email us at joyouseclectic at gmail.com and tell us what we got right, got wrong, and what you think about it. Uh, also, email us any submissions you have for next week's Cool Bits topic, which will be interesting time signatures that can be a part of a song the whole song kind of whatever you think but as long as it's in an interesting time signature no four four boys around here <laughs> bah. uh we'd love to hear what you've got to uh show us for that no four four boys um anyways if you have any music to promote also email us and let us know uh we love local music and we love not local music that is also deserving of promotion 100%. so just let us know uh finally find us on facebook twitter and instagram at joyce eclectic on all those things you can converse with us there and send us dank memes and the Mm. like Uh, please rate and review this podcast on iTunes and other uh, apps so that we can move up in the charts it just kind of helps us get more visibility and reach a greater number of people and if you have any music lovers that you know or friends that hate music and you want to change their minds share this (laughs) podcast with them Uh, it it can help us out you know every view counts or hmm, you don't view podcasts (laughs) words it's getting late in the day I'm maybe if you tired. have like synesthesia or something yeah there you go synesthesia that is a really <laughs> great pull uh, <laughs> on that note be joyous be eclectic and we'll see you next week bye Beep.